Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to mitigate crises and help teams get back on track. This podcast is about helping the C-suite leader to navigate challenges with confidence. For today's leader, I'm here to help you get back on track. Tomorrow's leader, let me partner with you to learn the secrets of the C-suite. Wherever you're at in your career, this is the podcast for you. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of the Drop-In CEO brand, and I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of the podcast, where week after week, I speak to amazing leaders who share their insights with you and hopefully inspire you. And if you like this episode, I'm going to ask you again, please share this episode with at least one person who you think might benefit from these conversations. That way we can continue to bring you great programming. And just know I am here to help the C-suite leader of today and tomorrow navigate their challenges with confidence. And today, I am so honored to share the mic with my guest, Sally Ann Tilakasa, who is the CEO of Gleek, a female tech founder who happens to also be uh, owner of a tech patent without actually having a technical degree. She is very accomplished. She is a person of the world. We're going to go into her origins and her personal story. But Sally Ann, I just want to say thank you for dropping in and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What an absolute privilege to be here. So I am so excited. But before we get into the conversation, we were just getting started here a little bit. I'm trying to place your accent. You are here from Dubai right now. I'm so excited with technology bringing us together. But tell us a little bit about your background because you seem to be a citizen of the world. So most people cannot place my accent. um, But when I say there's parts of me that's Canadian, so I am Canadian, but my family is originally from the West Indies, from Trinidad and Tobago. So I am an island girl by blood. You know, I hug trees. I come alive in forests. Um, uh, so that's that's the little bit. And, you know, when you talk about being a citizen of the world, I was educated and brought up in Europe, in Switzerland. So I speak five languages. I uh, You can drop me in the middle of anywhere. And I will make friends with anybody from either the prime minister or to, you know, the animals. They will talk to me, too. So so I am that person. (laughs) Oh, this is so exciting. Well, anyway, I just wanted to go there for a bit. But just to my audience, what I found so amazing about Sally Ann was the fact, again, she is a technical leader without actually having a technical background, which speaks to uh, don't ever sell yourself short because if you've got a vision, if you've got a unique value proposition, who knows where you can take that. You surround yourself with interesting people, and I can't wait to learn more about her patent and the work she's doing now. So, Sally Ann, just tell us now, now that we got friendly here, a little bit about yourself personally beyond the tree hugging and, and <laughs> all the five languages. I'm envious of you. And how did yeah. you, you know, move along in your career and arrive at the work that you're doing now? Absolutely. So I'll start with the end in mind where I am and very quickly so people could understand, you know, how there's so much zags in this journey. So, you know, I have the privilege of leading Gleek. It's a platform that signals human skills with 500 plus of the world's leading experts as the benchmark. And it allows companies and organizations to innovate, problem solve and learn um, with the world's best. That being said, and, you know, I do it with ChatGPT, I do it with MentorGPT, I do it through NFT blockchain technology. So everything that is kind of cutting edge, I am there. And my patent is how do you train artificial intelligence on 
human skills or agents of AI on human skills. So very technical. I have zero tech background. Zero. I am by blood, which I discovered later on in my life, a teacher by DNA. But I started my journey as a corporate attorney. I have five degrees. I'm a nerd. So no wonder my company is Gleek. You know, I, I say geek with an L. You can tell by the size of my glasses. I'm very nerdy. Started as a corporate attorney, um, you know, Asian background, you know, so please the parents, you know, finished high school at 16, was a lawyer by 21, uh, had all of these degrees. And that journey was, you know, it's like trying on the wrong outfit. You see, it looks nice in the window and then you put it on you and it's not made for your body. That's literally how the first 10 years of my life from 21, you know, to 31 felt like darts in my forehead. And, you know, I worked very hard. So I arrived, I, I did very well, but the courage it took to stop, climb down that mountain and ask a really simple question, which is the title of my book, Who Will I Become? And then start following that journey is really an incredible one. And on that journey, I created my foundation, the Growing Leaders Foundation, that teaches workplace soft skills to at-risk youth across the Caribbean, jails, public schools, etc. On that journey, I became the head of people for the first unicorn in the region here called Karim that was acquired by Uber for $3.1 Those founders, McKinsey guys, reached out to me and said, could you be our head of people, our first C-suite women? And I have to say to you, I said no for six months because I couldn't understand what it is that they were seeing in me to lead a tech company that, you know, eventually became the first unicorn in the region. And that yes to that job opened up my eyes and brought me close. You know, a lot of times we need to have proximity to the next version of ourselves. And that brought me close to tech. And I went off and I went to Harvard, built my algorithm, came out and, you know, launched my first tech product. And uh, here I am, you know, I'm going on year five next year, and I am having the time of my life stretched. Every day, one day in fear, one in courage, um, you know, but I'm doing it. <laughs> so that's so exciting. I ran out of places on my paper to write notes in terms of your accomplishments. Kudos to you. I just want to recognize that. Kudos to your parents or family that pushed you for excellence. But also, I applaud you ultimately to evaluate where you're going and say, that's not the path I want to pursue. And I'm grateful mm -hmm. to hear that you're loving it, even though you are stretched thin. It, it's exciting to start a business. So, I mean, have you arrived? And when I say arrived, do you believe like, I have arrived, I have got something that people value and this thing is taking off? Or are you still <laughs> can't sleep at night? I'm curious. I don't know if you ever arrive. I truly have to say that to you. You know, um, it's, you know, very often I kind of hear people say to me, so what is it like to be a leader? And I said, I'm learning every single day still. Uh, I think it's a verb, right? And I think when you are, you know, think about the world we live in today, anyone, whether they're at the top of their game, there are green skills, data science, you know, all the data skills, AI skills. It is an entirely different world where CEOs and any C-suite has to question the next version of themselves and are they even ready and have the learning agility to remain relevant. So being at the cutting edge of that, you know, last year I launched for the first time NFTs of industry experts time, I tokenized wisdom. 
so that I can protect intellectual property of conversations with the world's leading experts. My community has people like the head of, you know, NVIDIA, uh, a, the, you know, the number one AI chip manufacturer in the world right now, all the way to Nobel Peace Prize winner. So these are the people that I'm surrounded by. And let me tell you, every single one of them, you will look and ask, you truly will ask that question. Have you arrived after you win a Nobel Peace Prize? Have you arrived after mm-hmm. you're the CEO of a, you know, a trillion dollar valuation company? And they are constantly learning and questioning and looking across domains going, okay, what are we missing? What are we missing? So I think the fact that I have those people around me makes me question every single day going, what was I smoking in my 20s that I thought I knew everything? And now as a female, you know, certainly in my 40s, I'm going, oh my gosh, I know nothing. I know nothing. But you have just such a positive can-do attitude. Like, well, if I don't know it, who do I, who do I ask? I'm curious. Yes. I'm going to figure this thing out, which I find for so many people, they just find it as a barrier. Well, I don't know that. I'm not sure who to ask. And you see this kind of dead end coming through their voice. But I want to ask you something. And again, I'm going off script. This wasn't part of the questions here. Yeah. And I, I applaud you for being a curious, strong pursuit of what's next. How do you respond to questions about have you ever felt barriers about being that female leader in the room, that person that doesn't have that tech background, but leading a technical venture? How do you respond to something like that? Because I still find, while I don't doubt in the past, there have been barriers for entry from any different demographics. Some people still hold on to those barriers and hold themselves back. So how do you respond to being asked about being that particular demographic in the room? Yeah, I mean, listen, we all face, I, I, first of all, I consider myself a founder. I don't differentiate and I make sure I don't differentiate the gender of the founder because I know the value I have at the table. And it's interesting when you have made that decision. So I, I've raised investment money just like the guys. I show up as the table. I do not go to all female, you know, and this is, I think, the mistake a lot of women make is your sponsors and those who are making the decisions, it's 70% male. And those are the people who need to be your sponsors, your mentors. Uh, Those are the people you're going to be doing business with. And I've always been that person. So I think the judgment for me, you know, even today, you know, I, I, I lose deals to LinkedIn and Coursera, and I literally have no problem calling up their CEO and going, what the heck? I'm a startup. You're not even giving us a chance. You know, I'm ballsy enough to do that. But I do it from a place of not gender at all, right? I I have to merit being at the table, and I don't use ever the gender card. Now, that does not... I do a lot of business in Saudi Arabia. I will say to you right now, it's my number one market right now, Saudi Arabia. Um, and, you know, that's the first question that people ask me. Oh, my gosh. Well, what is it like in Saudi Arabia for women to do business? You know, I powered the World Fair for the Dubai government as a female startup founder, you know, 20 million users in skills of the future. And they're like, how did you get that? And I said, I just went and I was competent. I delivered what I said I was going to deliver. There was no excuses around, I am expected to have the world's best around me. And I will go up and compete with a McKinsey and Accenture and have no shame in doing it, uh, being on the table and knowing my worth. 
at the table for that. I love your positivity because when we think about DE&I initiatives for which we want to break down barriers and make sure that we have all different voices at the table or within an entity, sometimes we don't embrace the diversity of thought of yep. how other people's think, the diversity of, like you just said, merits, because ultimately we not are not evaluating. I mean, different demographics have different experiences, but if we're looking for experiences, then truly go out for those people that have the different thoughts and can bring, like you say, the value to Absolutely. the table. Wow. So I want to go in another direction. Forgive me for oh. jumping around because what you do at Gleek, I think is so cool. I took a glimpse of your website, but I would love for you to share a bit with my audience about what was the problem you were seeking to solve and how do you solve it with your technology and platform? Sure. Thank you for asking. So if I were to ask you right now, would you prefer to learn problem solve or innovate by going on a platform and taking a course or would you prefer to have a conversation with the best in field what would you choose uh, obviously the second because they can distill right. it down to the essence and yeah, maybe right. enrich it with stories and be relatable versus flat copy via video yeah. or or a website yeah now how many people have access and and really gleek is true true inclusion how many people have access to that kind of network you got to work long and hard to build your own or know the right people who have a vast one so yeah. it can take a lot of time exactly so what i realized really young because i have a gift of connecting you know how you have a superpower of that lovely voice of yours i have a gift of connecting and what i realized was that most people can have the best they can come from the best backgrounds have the you know all the accolades of success but if they do not have the network to be included in opportunity they will never be invited at the table so gleek the platform that allows you to learn and access and be within the networks of the world's best experts across 48 different domains, 60 plus different countries. What it does is as you are learning, so there is a learning side, a competency mapping side, you know, how do I want my teams to learn? Where are they now? Where I want them to go. But alongside them, are the world's, it can even be your own competitors that are sitting alongside you. I have actual competitors that within the Glee community will support and show up to mentor teams, but otherwise they're like cutthroat against each other. And people often say to me, how do you get, how do you attract those people into your community? And um, one of the most beautiful things we've done at Glee, we truly, um, this is the one part I'm super proud of. 10% of the Glee of our company belongs to our experts and mentors and all of their answers to expert questions, we use it and we give it for free and we power UNICEF globally, their whole Yoma platform across Africa, in India, the Jio platform to the bottom of the pyramid, and they get impact reports every week on the millions of people that they are impacting. So we allow very powerful, bright, smart people to impact millions at the bottom of the pyramid, also working on pretty cool projects with governments around the world. There, I got so many questions about this here. So who who would value access to these experts? Is it a CEO, founder, president, because maybe their capacity, uh, capability limited, or would it be the day-to-day, -day, you know, aspiring C-suite leader that is looking to accelerate their knowledge and impact within a company? Who does it serve? So, yeah. So we have levels. Um, so we have boards around the world that have 
uh, our deep experts sit as a cloud and they go, I need to talk to people to solve million dollar questions on a weekly basis. And they can access those. And those are our deep industry experts. Then we have mentors. And mentors are people from an industry or a sector that you want to be able to go to and say, how do they do this at Salesforce? How do they do, how does a you know a sales flywheel work? How does uh how do I integrate AI across my workflows for my teams? And those are our mentors. And then we have coaches and coaches are the career navigation. So, you know, one of our most interesting projects we have right now is the Saudi government is about to launch the first financial academy. And for the entire financial sector, our coaches are doing the career navigation across finance, insurance, investments. So, you know, we really segmented it really well to be able to offer those layers of going, you're not on your own because you have the networks to be able to solve it and maneuver through whatever it is you need to. So the reason why I'm smiling, and hopefully people can hear my smile through the microphone here, is the fact that those are the demographics I seek to help as well. So I'm like, I feel like our brands and what we're doing is so aligned in the world because I too help strategic leaders. I drop into businesses and help them with a business issue, navigate some kind of transformation. So I bring forth my industry experience that is valuable. But I also mentor people within my professional network to navigate their challenges. And then sometimes people come to me and say, Deb, just tell me what to do. I just need a coach to tell me what to do. So I really appreciate this. So how do you source the people? Because you obviously have these different tiers of expert. How you source them, what qualifies them? Because there may be people listening right now that says, I want to learn more. And how can I get more involved in your platform? So tell me a little bit. Absolutely. So, you know, we have a great process and there's tech involved. So we really look for contrarian and outlier thinkers. And when you apply on the Glee platform, we drop you into some micro situations and you respond to it and our algorithm. So I know it gets like crazy. People are like, I just don't apply. No, the algorithm actually hits it out to us. Who is thinking a little bit you know, outlier or contrarian. And we then know how to start categorizing you. Um, And then we have a committee that meets our mentor group. Um, You know, our 500 plus experts meet um, every month Um, and they have different pools of them. And they actually then a human eye, right? So, you know, with AI, you also need a human eye to be able to go, absolutely, you know, we want Deb in the community, in our people transformation division, or we want, you know, Simon over there, you know, who is in our community, he's head of AI for NVIDIA. We want him in the community because, you know, his quality of thought. So we are looking at quality of thought and how that quality of thought can add insight. And it's really important now, Deb, because, you know, what I call sheep thinking, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, you can get it on ChatGPT. So you can go to ChatGPT and get the norm of what people think about it, but deep context and really true insight of, you know, that that lovely thing called human ingenuity and wisdom, that's what we're harnessing within the community. So I would love, love, because obviously I'm getting super excited. You and I are going to talk after this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just for my listeners, when we bring guests onto the show here, it's not just to provide deep value for you, but I also am trying to find the right people for my network as well. I wanted to take a moment to remind you that a recent study showed nearly 60% of leaders feel depleted at the end of the day. 
And this feeling is a key indicator of burnout and makes it difficult to lead and inspire others. If you've ever experienced that restless exhaustion, you know why CEOs are amongst the most likely candidates for experiencing job frustration. I wrote The CEO's Compass, your guide to get back on track, to confront those feelings and create a plan that is sustainable for you and your organization. I created a seven point assessment that will help you figure out your problems in days, not months. And it includes so many resources, worksheets, videos, and much, much more. If this is you, please head over to my website, dropinceo.com and click on my products, The CEO's Compass, and order yours on Amazon or other outlets. And now back to the conversation. So when we think about offering this community or this platform to your community, I would love to know how it has impacted either companies, entities, or individuals who leverage it, because that's what would resonate with my audience to know, oh, I want to learn more. Sure. So, um, you know, I'll give you a traditional kind of um, retail client, and then I will give you in terms of a board level, right? So a traditional client, our first client ever was Prada USA, a very big brand. You know, that brand led to Richemont, that is like Cartier, Ralph Lauren, et cetera. And that particular brand, they used our platform during COVID. We started with them the Thanksgiving before COVID, and then we mm. took their entire teams through COVID. And I'll give you like an output. We increased their sales by 30% during COVID. We were the only platform running, so we knew it was attributed to us. But here was what we did more for them. Prior to COVID, they had, in terms of human identity, they weren't really sure they were hiring. Um, they weren't sure what were the values of their top performers and their human identity. And we identified it, it for them, which was, you know, a very process-driven company. So it was, you know, rule following, conflict resolution. And, you know, the experts identified that for them. COVID happened and they did not know because those people couldn't thrive anymore. And we already knew from our tools and benchmarks who were the entrepreneurial ones, who were the ones, and they became the top performers that completely shifted the entire sales of that organization during COVID. So this is a very tangible KPI of how we use science, algorithm, and tools. You know, that's one example. The second example is a division of the Saudi government that is building a city of the future. And um, uh, it doesn't, it's in the desert. There's nothing there. And their board needed a cloud of experts to guide across sustainability, fintech, banks, blockchain that was not internal within the organization um, because there's a lot of politics involved. And what if I just need to have cross-domain experts that I can have different people in the room in one moment to be able to solve that issue. That is how at a high level we're solving million dollar things that normally will sit around for a year in one phone call. We're solving it for at a governance and strategic level. So these are you know two corporate examples and then I can give you the everyday impact examples of Yoma um, and and UNICEF and the Jio platform in India where tier three cities of people who will never have access to a deb or sal or have them in their network and all of a sudden they answer a micro practice which is you know a little practice and they get to see their quality of thought is just as good as the CEO of 
it's just as good as someone sitting in for them, France or the US, that are countries that are only in their mind. And you've just whispered to them that courage because you've shown them and they start pursuing because you've now shown them how close proximity. Proximity is the key to inclusion. Um, and you lit that light bulb. So there is that span, Deb. That's really what keeps me going in terms of the work. Oh, I, I love that story. And again, I probably told this on another podcast. I was thrilled by somebody who also listened to one of my solo podcasts, offering some advice on how to better engage with people through email, easy tips and tricks, and provided it in such a way that they could do it themselves. And they shared with me the outcome of applying what I shared with them and don't know them that well. Yeah. And it had a significant impact that led to them being able to move forward with that, that relationship or that transaction. Sure. So you never know how close people are to achieving their truest capability. They just need a coach or a mentor to provide just that little bit of knowledge or give them the confidence that they need. Absolutely. You know what Absolutely. I miss from your origin story, though, you've told me, and again, we go back to five or five languages, multiple degrees, yeah. et cetera, was though, what was the cap? Like, when did you have this moment to say, we need to create this platform and solve this problem for humanity? I mean, this is this is huge. How did yeah, it really come from? Uh, <laughs> so I wish I can tell you it was an eye-opening moment, but I think, you know, looking back, I've been building this through a lifetime of work. So if mm -hmm. I look back and you speak to my college roommate, she will say to you, while everybody was out partying, I was volunteering and mentoring um, at a center close to the school. While I was an attorney, my 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 secretary, who is now an attorney, well, for those eight years I was practicing law, she would say to you, all the lawyers would come in and say, where is she? And there's like, she adopted a school and she's been teaching them workforce skills. You know, I did it in America, Kids in the Power of Work under the National Child Labor Committee. I was volunteer of the year seven years in a row. So I I think the work I'm doing is a deep part of um, why I'm here in the world. Um, there's deep purpose. And I think my story of, you know, I'm one of those children that, you know, I shared with you that I was educated in Switzerland. I, uh, you know, I, I always spoke up um, and that was not something, the things that are my true gift and talent, my ability to connect, my creativity, my seeing around corners was not what people recognized in me as a child. They recognized all the accolades and degrees I did to get accepted by an Asian family. So I think in many ways, my product is uh, very personal also mm -hmm. uh, about the feeling of not truly being seen myself for a really long time and creating a tool to allow people who cannot be seen because all the things I'm showing you and what Gleek does, your benchmarking against others, uh, has nothing to do with your formal education. Even though I have the Ivy League and all of those things, it has nothing to do with what you look like. It has nothing to do with, you know, um, your bank accounts or your social standing. It's me basically saying, I'm going to show you my quality of thought and how I think and I apply human skills like creativity critical thinking, entrepreneurship against the world's best so I can be seen. And that may be the most quotable moment of this podcast. And it was so beautifully said. And just thank you for sharing that. It sends chills up my spine because it also is similar to the purposeful work that I'm trying to do as well. So Sally, I 
love this conversation and it is not the end. I also want my listeners, listeners, I encourage you, if this sounds ever so slightly cool, interesting, geeky, what have you, I'm excited. I want to continue a conversation. Please check out Sally Ann Delacasse's work. Go to Gleek. But I want to give you the floor one last time to share any thoughts with my listeners because I do want them to connect with you. Absolutely. So, you know, I will, I always end on this really, really important note about our becoming, right? Because everyone is in this becoming, whether it is you are a C-suite leader, whether you want to become a C-suite leader. And I think your becoming is up until your last breath. And every single day, it is a white canvas and you get to decide what that next version of yourself would be. And don't ever limit it. You know, if I, when I share my story, I said, don't ever limit your next move by your education, who you were and your experiences, the world we live in today. And we're all living very long. I just watched Blue Zones. Um, that becoming can be anything and everything. So, you know, that would be the parting note I would like to say, who would have ever believed I'm scaling a tech company and I'm I'm going after all of those, you know, all of those unicorn boys. I'm going right after them. So Sally Ann, you're such an inspiration. And I do ask my listeners, if this was as interesting as it was to me, please check out Sally's work. We'll have all of the information in the show notes, her company, Gleek. Please check it out. And if you want to, please, I encourage everybody to connect with Sally Ann on LinkedIn. She's an amazing person and I'm so grateful you have dropped in on the podcast. So thank you for being an amazing guest. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I hope you are inspired by our conversation and can apply what you heard to your business or career goals. If you found this valuable, please share this show with at least one friend who will find it useful and inspiring. When you share this podcast, it allows me to continue to help C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate their challenges with confidence. To connect with me or learn more about the Drop-In CEO services, go to my website at dropinceo.com. And until we meet, I wish you well and much success.